No statements made during the Growing Your Wealth radio show shall constitute tax, legal, or accounting advice. You should consult your own legal or tax professional on your individual information. Brian Evans of Madrona Financial Services is licensed to offer investment advisory services through Madrona Financial Services, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Insurance products are offered through Madrona Insurance Services, LLC, a licensed insurance agency and an affiliate of Madrona Financial Services. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investors cannot invest directly into indexes. No investment strategy, including asset allocation or diversification, guarantees a profit or guarantees the avoidance of loss. Financial planning is an important tool that does not guarantee specific outcomes. When it comes to investing, retirement, and legacy planning, the decisions you make today can greatly impact the quality of life for both you and your loved ones tomorrow. What you need is straight, unbiased information on the most important issues you'll face when planning for your financial future. Good news. You found the Growing Your Wealth radio show with Brian Evans. Brian is the founder of Madrona Financial Services, and with his background as a CPA, he brings a unique perspective to the investment and financial planning world. He follows the philosophy rooted in his tax experience of, it's not what you make, but what you keep. And this focus on tax-smart investment strategies is all part of the fully integrated planning strategy known as the Madrona Bundle of Services. You'll hear Brian's thoughts on everything impacting your portfolio, from income to taxes, and from growth opportunities to long-term security. This is your source of comprehensive financial information. You'll soon understand why they call it the Madrona Difference. So get ready for an hour full of the most comprehensive financial information on the radio. And welcome to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Thank you so much, and welcome to Growing Your Wealth, the radio show that gives you straight talk and honest answers about how to invest better, live better, retire better, and give better. Thank you for joining us today. We have some valuable information for you during the coming hour that could change your financial life for the better. My name is Jeff Shade, and as always, I'm just here to ask the questions, but the words of wisdom and the solid advice come from the expert, Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. How are you doing today, Brian? Doing really good. Thanks, Jeff. Glad to hear it. As always, I hope our listeners are doing well again today too. Well, Brian, another uh, great show lined up for us here. As you know, this is the radio program that does not sell you anything, but rather tells you and educates you. So uh, class is in session for another week here. Brian, let's start off by talking about the recession, the upcoming recession. At least that's what the pundits are saying is just around the corner. So I know that we've been talking about this inverted yield curve, but does this inverted yield curve in this situation actually predict the upcoming recession? I'm going to say no and uh, understand that I don't know. Uh, Everything we're going to talk about is opinions based on facts. And you can listen to the pundits. They say, well, the last, you know, five times we've had an inverted yield curve, we've had a recession. Therefore, we have one now. So that means it's going to happen. And before we start talking, I was making an analogy for uh, one of my sports analogies, which I love so much. Right. And I was saying, (laughs) well, you know, every time the Cleveland Browns go on the road and it's below, you know, 31 degrees, they they win, you know, 80 percent of the time. But I look at these stats going, yeah, but you're you're pulling Cleveland Browns from the 60s when they had Jim Brown at running back who was bigger than any of the defensive linemen. Right. I mean, of course they won, and it mm-hmm. doesn't matter because Jim Brown isn't running back for them anymore. And and these stats are you got to look at the stats and say, does that is that really relevant? So with this inverted yield curve, okay, yeah, that can be a sign of recession because what it means is uh, it could mean that people are buying bonds, and that that's why the rates are are, are low long term is because there is a huge demand for bonds, long term bonds. People want to lock in whatever they can get 
for the long term. Now, sometimes that means they're doing that because corporate profits are dropping and they're lousy and they don't want to buy stocks. So they're buying bonds, long-term bonds. Let me just lock that stuff up. And so that's what they're doing. And that has been a precursor to recession. But I don't see that that's the reason why that's happening right now. We have extremely low bond rates. I don't think I've ever, I don't think it's ever been like this in, in history. Bond rates is this low, long-term bond rates. But again, I don't think that's just because we see declining profits. In fact, we see increasing profits. So that that is not necessarily a precursor to me. So short-term bonds are paying as much or more than long-term bonds at this point. As I said, the inverted yield curve here, all this talk of a recession. So what you're saying is this is sort of like the sky is falling a little bit. Yeah, it is sky is falling. And I'm going to go through some empirical data to explain why. I believe, it's my belief, pretty strong belief, that uh, people are buying U.S. bonds for a simple reason, is they can't get a better deal elsewhere. Not because they think there's a recession coming up necessarily. It's because there's they can't get a better deal elsewhere. So when we look at some of the bond rates around the world, it just... It's amazing to me. I'm talking the 10-year bond. So pulled a sheet off a couple days ago. And the U.S., if you give them money for uh, 10 years, they will pay you 1.47% per year and give you your money back at the end of 10 years. That's a 10-year bond yield right now. Really, really super low. So people are going, oh my gosh, people, everybody's buying bonds. We're having a recession. Well, let's look around the globe. Uh, let's look at what you can get uh, elsewhere. So some of the other places that, that have positive bond yields are, uh, and this just jumped out at me, Portugal and Spain. Mm-hmm. Now, I remember a few years ago when Italy, Spain, Portugal, Greece were going down the tubes, taking the Euro euro with them. And so you would think that for Spain and Portugal to raise money selling bonds, that they'd have to pay a pretty high rate, wouldn't you think, Jeff? I would think so, yeah. Portugal is paying one-tenth of one percent on a 10-year bond. (laughs) Spain is paying eight one-hundredths of one percent on a 10-year bond. They are considered a way better gamble to the global investor than the U.S. That's paying 1.47, so 147 basis points. Uh, Again, Portugal is paying 10 basis points, Spain 8. Now, those are some of the higher rates around the world. Some of the other rates that I wanted to point out, Japan is paying 27 basis points. Oh, wait. I see a negative sign in front of that. Negative yeah. 27 basis points. So you pay them to hold your money. <laughs> so uh, you got that going on. Other places you pay to hold their, the money, Germany is paying negative 0.72%. Wow. And the winner, Switzerland, <laughs> is paying negative 105. So here's what happens. You give Switzerland $100,000 for 10 years. They promise to pay you back $89,000. Wow, that sounds like a good deal there. I notice Venezuela is not necessarily on this I list. I don't see Venezuela. <laughs> uh, some of the ones that have to really, really pay you to, to earn your trust, Mexico's yeah, right. at 7.02. Right. Uh, India, 6.56. Brazil, 7.54. So they have to pay a very high rate to attract money. The U.S. again pays 147. So I'm looking at this graph going, uh, if I'm a global investor and I'm seeking safety for my money, and I'm looking, I got to pay most countries, all these countries, I got to pay them to hold my money for 10 years and not have access to it. I'm looking at the U.S. going, well, maybe 
I, I don't like everything about the U.S. debt and all that stuff, but at least they're paying something. Uh, they're paying 147 Maybe I'll buy those. And so that's been driving down the yield because they're attracting money. And and again, I, I'm not I'm not saying that they're attracting money because people think the stock market sucks. The stock market's been doing just fine too. And so it's not money necessarily leaving the stock market going to bonds, which was a precursor to other recessions because of corporate profits dropping. It's just excess uh, earnings. I think uh, globally we have, there's just a lot of, they call it dry powder, money that's uninvested that's now looking for a home. And, and there's not a lot of great homes uh, in the bond market, but there's, they're still buying them. People still are feeling the effects, though, of the Great Recession of uh, 08 and 09. I don't know what was so great about it, but they call it <laughs> they call it the Great Recession. And, you know, they're so worried that things are going to be just like they were in 08 and 09. But I think what you have really pointed out here is that the economy today is much, much different than it was back then. Absolutely. And there's some reasons for that, because I've also heard, oh, we're going to have a recession because we're due for a recession because we have the longest bull run in history, blah, blah, blah. Well, you could use those same stats and I could say, well, you sh- I guess you should have all sold all your stocks about five years ago because that's when maybe a recession was due because we haven't had one in over 10 years. We have, haven't really had a pullback at all. And so had you done that, you would have sold, you know, when the market was, uh, I don't know, way lower than it is today. And as an advisor, you'd be looking at your clients. Yeah, I pulled you out of the market because I looked at a chart from 1937 till now that said I should pull you out every every five years because we're going to have a a drop. Well, it didn't happen this time. Why is that? There's a lot of reasons why. We have the perfect storm for a great economy. And primarily uh, from the low interest rates we have and the globalization of sales. I mean, 20 years ago, U.S. companies sold to U.S. consumers. Right. Now they're selling around the world. I just heard Costco open in China and the place just about went ballistic. <laughs> so did their stock, by the way. Hmm. And can you imagine uh, if they open up that market uh, once this trade deal gets worked out, which it will because right. we're their biggest customer and all that good stuff. But I'm, I'm looking at that. And, and the primary reason, though, I believe for this unending increase in valuations and corporate earnings is technology. The technological advances that we have had in the last 10 years, you know, five years have been more than from the history of mankind. I think, in fact, every two years I've heard is a stat that we do a 100% increase in our technology. And that has created industries that just didn't exist even a year or two ago. And this is a, a, a great frontier that, that we're just you know at the start of. And it's creating all kinds of efficiencies and new markets and globalization and low interest rates. All this stuff is very business positive. So I have not yet seen you know the projections for corporate profits of corporate America are up, not, not down. The precursor to recessions has always been a drop in corporate profits. We don't have that. There's so many reasons it just says it just feels different to me. It's a different market right now. So, Brian, the biggest question that I have is this. Do you think my Costco card will still be accepted at the Chinese Costco? Well, uh, <laughs> doesn't have Chinese writing on it. That is true. I would think that they would let you in. All but, right. Uh, I'm going to go there and, and report back to you on whether or not yeah. I can get in with that Costco card. I'm going to keep the membership up, though. Okay. But seriously, though, you know, all this talk of a recession, you've given us every reason why you don't think that we can expect a recession, that things are just not the way that they used to be. But for those people who have listened to all of this and listened to every reason that you've given that we're not going to have the recession and they're still convinced we're going to have a recession because some Somebody on television said that. Is there a way for you to recession-proof someone's portfolio? 
I want to repeat that I don't know if we're going to have a recession. We absolutely could. There could be stuff in the economy. Um, you just mentioned you you heard uh, talk of much more uh, zero down loans and no oh, credit yeah. checks and all this stuff. I'm That's like, right. Don't we ever learn anything? Yeah, I heard that the other day. Actually, I heard it today. A friend of mine told me that he saw the signs, and I saw them a couple of years ago, 100% financing yeah. on a home loan, and now no credit check and no income verification. Yeah, I, I think that's a come on, and there is. But, uh, you know, the, the point is, uh, we don't know. We don't know if there's a recession. And sometimes it can be a mass hysteria recession. Just people get spooked. Look back at last December. The market drops, S&P dropped, what, 15% a mm-hmm. month? Right. Now, you, I couldn't think of, I couldn't find one reason why the every company in the United States was worth 15% less in December than it was in November. That made no sense to me whatsoever. Sure enough, January, it got it all back. And so it was just a a uh, kind of a, a mass hysteria, and that that could create it. You know, recession. There's there's a lot of sentiment that goes into the numbers. If, if people think there's a recession and stop spending, well, then there is one. I mean, it, it right. just creates itself. But uh, the empirical numbers do not, in my opinion, support that we would have a recession. And just saying, well, we haven't had one in a while, eh, that really isn't good enough for me. So is a recession imminent? Well, the answer is we don't know. The last time we checked on crystal balls, they were out of them. But I'm going to keep checking for us here, Brian. If you would like to have a free portfolio review here at Madrona Financial Services, a chance for you to sit down and kick the tires and have the team here take a look at what you've got in terms of your financial plan and maybe design another one for you, all you've got to do is call 844-MADRONA to get that plan. That's 844-M-A-D-R-O-N-A. And as always, you can request your plan online and find out what the firm's all about at madronafinancial.com. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth. Jeff Shade along with Brian Evans. Thank you so much for joining us. Time for our first break. When we come back, we're going to be talking about Delaware statutory trust and real estate types. All that and more when our show continues right after this. Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans will be right back with even more ways to help you stay focused on your retirement goals. When you need something important done around the house, you call a professional. Why is it when it comes to retirement investments, most people don't know what theirs is built on, or even if it's right for them? Madrona Financial Services is made of a team of professionals that will create a retirement plan as individual as you are and make sure your financial foundation is clear to you every step of the way. Call them today at 844-MADRONA for a no-obligation retirement readiness review. They'll learn about what you want most out of retirement, plus you'll get an investment and retirement analysis and a tax analysis. You've worked hard to earn it and save it. Take the time to have the right professionals help you keep it and grow it. Find a better way at Madrona Financial Services and bring everything together. Call Madrona Financial Services today for your free retirement readiness review at 844-MADRONA. That's 844-MADRONA or visit them online at madronafinancial.com. That's madronafinancial.com. You own highly appreciated real estate and have decided to sell. You may be faced with limited options that could result in a substantial tax bill. Now, there may be another option. It's called a DST, and it can offer the benefits of real estate ownership without all of the baggage. Brian Evans and his team at Madrona Financial Services are available to see if a DST could be right for you. Call 844-MADRONA to learn if you can invest in real estate without the hassles of being a landlord. You won't be responsible for the debt or management, yet you may still receive passive income. Best of all, the DST program offers a ready-made solution that may satisfy your 1031 exchange requirements, which could provide full tax deferral on the sale of your investment property. 
Call the team at Madrona Financial Services right now at 844-MADRONA to learn more about DSTs and if they are right for you. That's 844-MADRONA or visit them at madronafinancial.com. DSD investments are only available to accredited investors and are offered solely through the issuer's offering documents. The DSD sponsor determines whether to accept any individual subscription documents. Tired of getting only half the story? We've got you covered with the most comprehensive financial information on the radio. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth with your host, Brian Evans. Now... Here's Brian. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. And in this segment, we're going to be talking about different property types available with typical Delaware statutory trust investments. And Brian, we've talked about DSTs, Delaware Statutory Trust, a great deal on this program. Of course, this is what I call fractional ownership of real estate. And it is a, a really, I think, a great opportunity for active landlords to get out of the terrible tees, the toilets, tenants, and trash and uh, get into passive real estate investing and still enjoy those checks. So with the current economy, you know, these interest rates are low right now and they could be getting lower. Why is this a great time for the Delaware Statutory Trust and active landlords to get out? Well, it's especially a great time, I think, in the Pacific Northwest because uh, when you think about it, most people that own investment real estate are getting older. I mean, they're certainly 20, 30, 40 years older than they were when they bought it in most cases. Their properties are older and needing more repairs. In addition to that, uh, you know, there's it's a really good time to sell because the buyers can certainly, uh, they're paying top dollar for it and, and they can afford to pay more for it because interest rates are so low on their mortgages. So cap rates have been very compressed. Uh, cap rates uh, certainly indication that people are willing to overpay essentially for properties, uh, even though the rents aren't that high. That's that's what essentially what a low cap rate is. And so prices are all time high. Another thing is happening right now, though I've I've noticed even in my seminars, I used to you know invite people to seminars. I get a certain number of people to show up, and now that number's kind of doubled. Wow. And so I'm trying to think, okay, why is that? One of the reasons would be that I think that prices are starting to level out in the Puget Sound in a lot of areas. I heard recently one of my clients owned some townhomes in Redmond, and he told me how much they're worth. And he told me a few days later, oh, I checked with my realtor. Prices have dropped. I was like, really? Prices have dropped in Redmond? And he said, yeah. So I, you know, I, I guess you know they can't go up forever. It's like anything, and they have to level off at some point. Amazon isn't recruiting, you know, fifty thousand people a year or whatever they were bringing in uh, these other years. Now they're they're not recruiting any, you know, any real net increase of people. So we've had some real demographic shifts in our area, and prices are starting to level off in many areas or even drop. And so I think a lot of investors are saying now is the time. Yeah, I can get top, top, top dollar. I can get out of being a, a landlord. I can do this tax-deferred or eventually tax-free. Often I'm seeing that most of my landlords in Puget Sound are, are often doubling their cash flow. Mm-hmm. They're still getting underlying appreciation in growing markets in other parts of the country. They're diversifying their real estate holdings. They're buying newer real estate. They get to retire. There's a million reasons why a DST might be appropriate for somebody that wants to sell, especially right now with low interest rates and the prices being so high. And right now, too, there are some some new rules and regulations that are sort of like hamstringing some of these landlords in terms of what they can and can't do. Yeah, you know, you own uh, certain properties in Seattle and you cannot screen your tenants. Well, 
you know, in the old days you did, you could protect your property. Well, now they're saying you cannot protect your property. You have to take whoever you have. And, you know, and, and not all the rules are here yet, but we, we see the writing on the wall. There's going to be a lot of things like rent control, like we've talked about on the show before. There, there, it's not here now, but I, I will bet anybody that it will be before too long since Oregon passed it. California's looking at it. We're going to do it. You know, we're going to follow suit. And so there's, there's a lot of reasons why other parts of the country might be more advantageous for a real estate investor from today forward. And all I care about really is today forward. So the Delaware Statutory Trust, as, you, as you've said before, is sort of an exit strategy for active landlords. And what you're doing is you're exchanging one type of property for a like-kind property. Now, if you own an apartment building or maybe you own a retail building, that sort of thing, and you're getting into another type of real estate, let's talk about apartments here. Now, there are different types of apartments, too. There's the Class A+, Class A, B, and then you've got your... First of all, let's talk about Class A+. What is that? Yeah, and, and getting back to your comment on like-kind exchanges, they are called 1031 exchanges, uh, Section 1031 of the Internal Revenue Code. Like-kind exchanges is not like-kind. It's just investment real estate for investment real estate. Uh, again, we can sell a, a vineyard and buy apartment buildings, mm-hmm. and you could sell mineral rights and buy self-storage. You know, It's just investment real estate for investment real estate, mostly in our area. People I've been working with are selling rental houses, duplexes, fourplexes, apartment buildings. Maybe they're selling industrial parks, raw land, farms. Those kinds of things are very common that they would sell these kinds of real estate and buy into DSTs. So now we're talking about apartments. Uh, Real estate, you know, every piece of real estate is different from everyone else. And so you have to be careful about how you buy it. People say, can you lose money in DSTs? Absolutely you can. Because you're buying real estate. You can you can buy real estate in the Puget Sound in the last 10 years when everything went up and still have lost money because you bought the wrong one in the wrong place and the, you had the wrong tenant and you overpaid for it and you got the wrong loan. I mean, you can lose money in a great market. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can make money in a bad market. I mean, it's, it's real estate. So uh, when we're analyzing real estate, one of the things that we do for our clients, which is extremely important, is we take a very, very deep dive into the sponsors that are offering the real estate in a Delaware statutory trust and the individual types of real estate. Now, there's you mentioned the class A-plus apartments, right. and that's kind of something I term. And that, to me, is a luxury apartment. So brand new, and it's got pet care center, the car care center. 24-hour fitness center. They've got every amenity in the world. Uh, the, these things are like like five-star resorts, right. apartment building. And so that's the A+. And these are the ones that have, the, uh, to me, the highest upside. If the times are good and they bought in the right place and demographics are right, uh, there was one I saw recently that went full cycle and had a ridiculous rate of return on it. Just Mm -hmm. absolutely ridiculous. I'm not going to say how much it is on air, but it kind of blew me away. It was an A+. It was in the right place at the right time. Uh, This one was in Nashville, and uh, it went full cycle. They bought it in 2011 when prices were depressed. Nashville boomed, and so that one had the highest upside. They also, conversely, probably have the highest uh, downside. Mm. Because if we have a great recession, uh, people move out of luxury apartments, perhaps, because they can't afford them. They move into other apartments. Or when they re-up their, their lease, apartment buildings have to drop their, their rates to uh, retain tenants. So I would say the Class A-plus also has more of a downside. So if you're buying in the right place, they can be really good. 
Now, that's the Class A+. They have rooftop pools, as you said. They have concierge. They have a lot of things in here in Seattle with a lot of the tech workers, too. And young tech workers, I mean, they're not interested in moving out to the suburbs, so they may be tenants of an A-plus apartment there. But let's talk about the Class A apartments that you find in a Delaware Statutory Trust offering as well. Yeah, there's Class A apartments available. That's uh, Most most uh, building is Class A right now. There's almost no Class B or C being built right now because building costs are so high, and especially where they're, where they're building these, so are land costs. And so uh, with that in mind, they say, well, gee, to make it work, we got to get pretty high rents and we can't buy a substandard or build a substandard apartment building expect to get you know $2,500 a month in rent so they're not even building class B's so most new construction is class A so most of the DST offerings in apartment area is uh, class A. So with a DST are all these apartment buildings brand new construction or are some of them maybe older construction that they're renovating to go from let's say an A to an A plus? Yeah uh, most of them are not new construction they're Oh, maybe uh, two to five years old. Mm -hmm. Often I I see a lot of them in that area, maybe up to 10 years old in the Class A. Now, when we look at the Class Bs, uh, there there are sometimes DSTs available that are in Class B apartments. You say, well, why would you do one of those? Well, I would say that if we had a recession, if you think we're going to have a recession, I would much rather be in a Class B than a Class A plus Mm -hmm. because I think the downside is less because, you know, if if people have to cut their, their rent down, to move into something, they well, the Class Bs already have a lower rent, so that's good. Now, they might have a strategy uh, where they're going to renovate. As people move out, they're going to put some money in to facelift the place. Maybe they're going to put in, oh, stainless steel appliances and uh, granite counter, or not granite, but uh, quartz countertops and vinyl wood flooring, and it looks really nice, and just update the, the lobbies and the exteriors and the interiors and make it so that their rents can be higher, not to the level of Class A+, but certainly maybe close to the level of Class A, thereby adding value to that property. And so when they sell it, they expect to have a big gain from that. So as a defensive strategy, if I was in residential property, I would be more interested maybe in a Class B as opposed to a Class A+. Plus, If I think times are going to be good in the area that I'm buying, I might be more interested in the Class A+. Plus. So we're talking about these apartments here as far as Delaware Statutory Trust go, and we're talking about you know, where they are. We've talked about a lot of Sunbelt cities. We talked about major cities such as, you know, Washington, D.C., and we've talked about them in uh, like Miami, Florida, and that sort of thing, too. But let's talk about some of the submarkets and some of the geography here. Do you find Delaware Statutory Trust properties in, uh, let's say, suburbs of these big cities? Yeah, I mean, there, there's another, you know, now we got to take the next level. Let's say, okay, I, I really like a certain type of property. Get me into that. I'm like, well, wait a second. We have to look at where it's at, even in relative to where it's at within a city, because certain areas are going to do different. Just in our lo- local area, you know, there's there's no Delaware Statutory Trust apartment buildings in Seattle. They're, the rents aren't high enough to support them. So I can, I'll just talk about Seattle as if there was. And let's say that uh, there was one in, in uh, Ballard and there's one in Shoreline and there's one in you know South Seattle. Well, they're all in Seattle market, but those are very different markets. So within even a 
particular city, you have sub-markets, and where are you at relative to the employment? I'd much rather have, if I'm going to have a Class A+, plus, I want it next to the Amazon facility. Right. I don't want it down in, in, in Kent. They're, well, they're both the same in the same, you know, Seattle metropolitan area. Well, they're not the same to me. <laughs> and so, you know, so it's, it's important to really do a deep dive in the demographics and the analysis of where that is situated relative to the jobs, job growth, supply, demand. I might want uh, an apartment someplace because, so well, just buy an apartment next to the Amazon facility. Well, if there's if there's permits, building permits for 20 new apartment building high rises there, I don't want anything to do with that market because it's going to get oversaturated right. and they're all going to have to give rent concessions to attract tenants. So there's another thing. You have to understand the, uh, the supply-demand curve of not only the job market coming in, the demand part, but the supply of upcoming units available in your class. And so, again, there's a deep dive that needs to be done with these apartments. Brian, with Delaware Statutory Trust, of course, geography is very important. Location, location, location. But let's talk about demographics. Do you do research on demographics, you know, sort of socioeconomic levels, that sort of thing in these DST areas? Well, thankfully, I don't have to do the research. The research has been done by the sponsors. Okay. The sponsors will give me the data of the particular submarket that they're in that for us to analyze. And uh, often these DSTs, you know, you're not going to get a five-page brochure for from us, you're going to, unfortunately, I've seen them as much as 350 page uh, prospectus. Mm. And there's a lot of information there. And we're, uh, you know, it's our job to analyze the information you're providing and to decide whether this makes sense and what cases does it make sense? Does it make sense? Uh, do we really like it? Like it a little bit, not like it at all, that, that kind of thing. So we're, we're looking at, we're doing a very deep dive on this. It's really important. That's why I want to do this segment on this. There are other people that can sell you a DST. Most of them are, are what you call broker-dealers. They're mm-hmm. going to take a big commission up front, so uh, beware of that. I have a Kiplinger article published on that. But even if you're comparing me to another, let's say you can find someone uh, else that can sell you one of these who's a registered investment advisor held to the fiduciary standard like we are. It's not apples to apples here be, all the time because maybe they don't have the uh, real estate experience and understanding and knowledge and the CPA background to understand how to read the reports and the financial and the projections and to really do a deep dive into what's behind these DSTs. We're talking about Delaware Statutory Trust. That's what the DST stands for here on Growing Your Wealth, different real estate types. And we're going to take a quick break right now. When we come back, we're going to continue to talk about some of the types of properties that you can get into going from an active landlord to a passive landlord with Delaware Statutory Trust. All that and more when our show continues right after this. Stay tuned for more Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans, the show you can't afford to miss. A dip in the market like we've seen lately could cost you years of retirement income, and it's unnecessary. This is Brian Evans, President and CEO of Madrona Financial Services. Today we see how investments can erode based on events here and around the world. But there's no doubt that people with better plans will be far less affected. So here are the four don'ts about investing in times like these. Don't panic. Don't get hung up on talk of a correction. Don't think anyone knows what's going to happen next. And don't be complacent. Now here's your one do. Call Madrona Financial Services today, especially if you're at or near retirement. Our team specializes in retirement planning and can guide you to manage your risk no matter what's around the corner. Call us at 844-MADRONA. Our team will review your retirement plan in two one-hour meetings. It's quick, it's easy, and it just might add years of income to your retirement. Give us a call at 844-MADRONA or visit madronafinancial.com. 
Do you know how to provide a 30-year retirement plan with a 40-year career? The number of Americans who live to 100 will increase by 10 times in the next 30 years. The facts are, you could live longer than you thought, and the last thing you need is to run out of income when you need it the most. A plan that takes longevity into account increases the odds that you'll be financially able to do what you love with the people you love for the rest of your life. Call Madrona Financial Services now at 844-MADRONA. They'll work with you to help your 40-year career finance your next 30 or more years. The economy, our lifespans, and retirement have changed drastically since the time we entered the workforce. Have your retirement and tax strategies kept up? Call Madrona Financial Services today at 844-MADRONA for a complete no-obligation retirement readiness review. Your retirement income plan should last as long as you do, and Madrona Financial Services can help you get there with a customized plan that suits you. Call right now for your retirement review at 844-MADRONA or visit them online at madronafinancial.com. You can't build a house with just one tool, and you can't plan for retirement without an integrated, comprehensive strategy. If you want to get more information on the Madrona bundle of services, call Madrona Financial Services at 844-MADRONA or go to madronafinancial.com. Now, back to more of Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. In this segment, we're going to continue our discussion about different kinds of real estate that one might be able to look at when choosing a Delaware statutory trust. And Brian, the last segment, of course, we talked about residential real estate apartment buildings, and of course, they come in different flavors, A+, plus, A, B, and C. We talked about some submarkets there, geography and demographics. But as you said, it's sort of a, a loose term when we talk about like-kind exchanges there. As you said, you can exchange your purple apartment complex for a lot of different types of real estate. It doesn't necessarily have to be residential. So let's talk about the net lease properties that you can get yourself into. Yeah, net lease property is simply retail or some kind of service building. Uh, It could be a drugstore or some kind of retail outfit. It could be an auto repair shop. It could be a sandwich shop. You know, I think it's uh, strip malls, those kinds of things, or or standalone uh, buildings. And so net lease properties typically are, are under something called a triple net lease. Triple net lease just means that the tenant is paying the rent and the property taxes and the insurance and the repairs and the and 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 mm-hmm. everything. And so you're just collecting a check equal to the rent plus the cost of all that stuff. So you know exactly what you're going to get. You know, the negative to that is if that tenant moves out, your rent is zero. <laughs> You know, if they stop paying and then you don't have any other tenants, you're not, you don't have diversified tenants in these cases. And so uh, that's one thing. Sometimes the, the tenant guarantees the lease, but if it's a publicly traded company, it's a guarantee. I feel pretty good about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called an investment grade tenant, but you can have non-investment grade. Okay. So if you are, for example, taking a building that is leased to a large uh, national chain, let's say a drugstore company, that would be an investment grade tenant because even if the local tenant moves out, the large drugstore chain is going to guarantee that rent. But you can have non-investment grade tenants as well too. What are some examples of those? Yeah. And, and there's a couple things to talk about here. One is I've seen some DSTs that I don't like because for that reason is they have a non-investment grade tenant it's just a a company or a person that owns a business and it could be a repair shop for instance and you know the tenant is not somebody that has deep pockets basically mm-hmm. and if they stop paying well i have a i have a personal guarantee from you you have to pay it and i'm like well dude i, I moved out because i don't have any money <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. your personal guarantee my personal guarantees uh, 
uh, were you know not worth a whole lot of money right now because I don't have any money. That's why I moved out in the first place because my business was failing, and uh, with a failing business, I can't pay your rent. And good luck, you know, you're going to have to now find another tenant. And maybe there was a lot of custom stuff in that place for whatever that business was. Let's say it was an auto repair business, right. and there's all these lifts and all this stuff. And somebody comes along and says, "Well, I'd like to rent your building, but I have a nail salon and a you know something else, and you got to rip all this stuff out, and you know you got other issues, and you got to rehab, or I want an office building out of it. Well, you got to pay for all the tenant improvements. That's hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars out of pocket just to get a new tenant in. So you are taking some risks there with non-invest." grade tenant and an investment grade tenant a public trade company even if they move out of the lease they got to keep paying that rent for the life of the lease and all the repairs and expenses and everything like that so you're in a much much better place now some people don't do dsts they sell their property and go out and buy a, a net lease property on their own and more power to them but boy i i sure you know they're not getting uh investment grade tenants typically and i i sure feel a lot more comfortable putting my clients into uh, investment grade tenant net lease properties rather than non-investment grade. So in addition to apartments, there are these net lease properties that we've talked about here. And of course, they come in different flavors too. You've got investment grade tenants. And then as Brian said, maybe it's not a repair shop. And uh, those are non-investment grade leases there because the repair shop could go out of business. I've never really seen a major drugstore chain go out of business. Let's talk about some of the other things that you can invest your money into in a Delaware statutory trust. And I kind of like these self-storage units. Tell me more about how those would apply in this situation. Yeah, it's interesting about self-storage. We are the only country in the world that has an asset class called self-storage. <laughs> we, we uh, The rest of the world doesn't do self-storage. We have too much stuff in this country. We have too much No stuff. place to put it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I think uh, China must be be behind all of it because we're, we're buying stuff at Walmart that we, we rarely use, our camping equipment, our right. exercise machines, all this stuff. We, we buy it uh, shipped over from China. We buy it. It sits in our garage for a while it piles up uh, we move our car out and then mm-hmm. there's no room for that so we got to rent a self storage to pile up all this junk that we never use and uh, we we pay you know thousands of dollars a year to store uh, hundreds of dollars worth of stuff that's right but that's what we do that's, that's what, what we, we like do. to do in this country we paid a dollar 98 for it and darn it I'm not going to get rid of it it was a good bargain but yeah. by the time you pay the self storage unit for a year or two that dollar 98 uh, item cost you you know a thousand bucks or so but you know, people are flocking to these self-storage units because they're really sort of like America's garage these days. Yeah, there's so many people living in apartments anymore and uh, that, uh, you know, apartments don't have uh, garages. So uh, this is their garage is where they store their stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm, I'm kind of, you know, having a little fun with it, a little tongue in cheek. I'm sure there's a lot of people that have very good reasons to have self-storage and, yeah. and they have a lifestyle that makes it uh, worthwhile for them to have that. And so they're very popular. They're low maintenance or, you know, for the the landlord, essentially, and they're kind of a cash cow and and, uh, typically full in in most areas that they're built. So you can get uh, self-storage. Most of the DSTs that I've ever seen that are in the self-storage, they're not buying one self-storage unit in, you know, the heartland or something. Right, right. It's going to be a group. They're going to be in multiple states very often. And so you might, uh, one of the negatives to that is you might have state income tax on some of your income if you're in a high-tax state. I've seen self-storage DSTs with some of them in California. I tend to avoid those because I I don't want to subject my clients to California income taxes because those people are horrible (laughs) about collecting their taxes. Yeah, I know. And I don't want to have to have, have my clients even 
be on their radar, you know, California's radar. And once they got you on the radar, man, you're, you're, you're marked for life, I think. That is it. Boy, they do have the radar screen right there in the California Franchise Tax Board, and you are right there smack dab in the middle of it. So self-storage units could be a possibility for you. But, you know, with all of these places now who will deliver almost anything to you these days, I would imagine that there are industrial spaces where they store all of this stuff, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've seen those come out. A lot of the private non-trader REITs, that's a big area. I mean, we're not seeing shopping malls anymore, of course. Uh, uh, We're seeing uh, industrial warehouses storing uh, the Internet sales product and so forth, distribution centers. And so that is huge business now. Uh, Amazon's got to have them all over the country, in fact, all over the world, you know, especially for prime delivery. You can't have a, in the old days, they had the big, you know, West Coast uh, distribution facility in Reno, and it would take a couple days to get your stuff. Well, now they want to do it in a day or same day even, so they got to have a lot more smaller ones. Amazon doesn't have the money to just go out and buy all this real estate, so they lease the real estate. And so I use them as an example. There was one in the past. I can talk about it now because it's fully subscribed. And that's the thing about these DST. They do not just sit there. I don't have, oh, I have this great DST. I'm going to sell it for two years to my client. Well, if it's great, uh, at best, it might last 30 days <laughs> before it fills up. And I got to find another one. So we're constantly reviewing what's coming up, what's out there, what's closing, how much time we have. We can put, you know, we might put reservations in for our clients. So it's a ever-changing thing. And, and that's another reason, you know, I have uh, full-time staff just, just following the DST movement, updating uh, all the information for our advisors on, on that. Got uh, full-time staff just doing paperwork in addition to that person. So for DST applications and so forth. So there's a lot to this, but yeah, that, that can be another area. They, they tend to be kind of like the net lease properties, except these are big warehouse properties as opposed to smaller retail outlets. And so if you did have an Amazon One distribution center, uh, they corporate guarantee those. They've invested millions and millions of dollars internal to that. So I can feel comfortable that that's one that we would might want to look at. So being that these very good properties get snapped up pretty quickly, I understand that when you do a DST, you are under some sort of time constraint, too. Oh, yeah. There's multiple time constraints. Uh, you got your 45-day rule. So when you sell your property, you got 45 days to identify your replacement property. Not a problem with DSTs. You can identify them in a day mm-hmm. uh, after we vetted them and sat down and gone over it and gone over uh, what you're looking for and so forth uh, once we've had that time. But we have to know you longer than a day. Okay. Uh, let's get that out there. We have to know you going into this. We have to we have to do financial plans for you. We have to understand your 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 cash flow, your liquidity. Uh, that's why we do the financial plans. We can't just put you in a DST without knowing our client. And so, but once we've known you and you know that you're, you're selling your property, it's coming up, and we know when the close date is, uh, we can uh, help you select the DSTs for you, the mix. It wouldn't necessarily just be one. You might decide, hey, I want some self-storage. I want some apartment buildings. I want some class A plus. I want some that class B. I want the net lease property. Can I have them all? Well, yeah, if your sales price is high enough, uh, you can have them all because the minimum is $100,000 per DST on a 1031 exchange. So uh, yeah, you can. So we'll diversify your holdings there too. Brian, 40 million people in America today are over 65. That's 13% of the total population. 80 million Americans will be over 65 by the year 2040. And that points to health care. So Brian, what that stat means is that I would think that health care facilities and those buildings that have health care concerns in them 
would also be very attractive real estate now and in the future. Uh, yeah, there are. I've seen healthcare uh, DSTs come out. Uh, we have to be wary of those, though, because it's not that there's not going to be great demand for healthcare, but like anything, like I mentioned with the net lease properties, if you have a single tenant or just a couple tenants and they move out, it's not that they shouldn't succeed. You know, if I got a kidney center in, let's say, in a DST, they should succeed because mm-hmm. you know people are getting older, they you know they develop problems. But what if the uh, the healthcare organization itself has lousy management and they go out of business. Well, now I have an empty kidney care center. Mm-hmm. So these are some of the things that, that go into that. It's not as simple as just saying, hey, there should, this should be a good area. There should be demand for this. Uh, one might think that, but I'm, I'm here to tell you that I am going to do a deep dive on that tenant and, and whether there's any chance that they might be moving out or what that chance might be. So vetting these things is very important, as you said, if you have a large corporate uh, group that owns an MRI center or something like that, maybe that's what we would call a, a, an investment-grade tenant. But if it is an individual or small organization, it could be something totally different. And again, that's why vetting these DST properties is ever so, so important. If you're interested in knowing more about DSTs, there is a website for Madrona Financial that specializes in talking about DSTs. That website is madrona1031.com. That's madrona1031.com. And if you are an active landlord or you know an active landlord and you want to sit down and find out more about DSTs, simply call 844-MADRONA. That's 844-M-A-D-R-O-N-A. Sit down, make an appointment, and speak with Brian and his staff here about Delaware Statutory Trust. And you'll get the answers that you need to make the decision that's right for you. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth. We're going to take a break, and we'll be right back with more of our show after this. Discussing the financial issues that matter most to you. We'll be right back with more Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Hi, this is Brian Evans, president of Madrona Financial Services. As a CPA and wealth manager, I've had lots of clients who owned highly appreciated real estate. And when it was time to sell that property, they all ran into the same problem, a huge tax bill. Up to now, some of their only options were to either follow the strict requirements of a 1031 exchange for another property or pay the hefty tax on the gain. We have access to another option to help our clients. It's called a DST. With a DST, you can still receive the benefits of property ownership like passive income, but you won't be responsible for all the debt or management. And best of all, a DST may meet the qualifications for your 1031 exchange. Now you can potentially defer the tax hit on your highly appreciated property and still get the benefits of investing in real estate. Call us today at 844-MADRONA to learn more about our DST program or visit us online at madronafinancial.com. DST investments are only available to accredited investors and are offered solely through the issuer's offering documents. The DST sponsor determines whether to accept any individual subscription documents. What does prosperity mean to you? At Madrona Financial Services, we think it's about helping you feel confident about your future. It's more important to know where you're headed than where you've been. And we feel the same way about the funds that we invest in. At Madrona Financial Services, we believe in simplifying, securing, and streamlining your financial and retirement life. That's why our clients have one team managing investments, retirement, taxes, and their estate with an integrated strategy. Call Madrona Financial Services today at 844-MADRONA or visit madronafinancial.com to learn how you can make our team your team. It's a new kind of financial experience built for today with tomorrow in mind. We believe in your future and so should you get connected with your team today visit online at madronafinancial.com or call the professionals at madrona financial services today at 844 madrona for a free review that's 844 madrona or visit madronafinancial.com simplify your life invest in your future prosper 
Do you ever worry if your CPA and financial advisor are on the same page? You won't have to if you call Madrona Financial Services at 844-MADRONA or visit them at madronafinancial.com. Now, back to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. In this segment, we're going to talk about the differences and similarities between different uh, income for life investments. Brian, let's talk about pensions. I mean, a lot of people used to have pensions. They're certainly not so common anymore. So, Brian, what are the positives and negatives of pensions? Yeah, uh, pensions themselves come with different attributes. Often, a pension might be fixed. It's flat for life. You know, maybe the Boeing pension or my dad, when he was a school teacher, he got a pension. It was basically flat. Once he started it, that's what it was going to be forever. And it didn't, didn't have any increases. So, you know, we had inflation. And, and so that's that's kind of a, a problem. Uh, if you don't have any increases, it might start out at a higher than, you know, it starts out at a really good number. You go, wow, I'm, I'm fine. You know, this pension's awesome. Mm-hmm. 20 years later, you might go, eh, I'm not as fine as I thought because it's it you know, hasn't gone up. The other attribute about pensions is that if you needed a bunch of money, you can't just take it out. You can't just say, hey, send me some money. Sure. Well, you don't have an account. You just have a payment. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is if you uh, die prematurely, maybe you select a single life, maybe you select a joint life. If you both die prematurely, there is nothing left for your heirs. So mm-hmm. it doesn't have an investment account associated with it. So with a pension, as you said, it's a flat payout, doesn't get any interest over the years, or doesn't get a what I call a COLA or a cost of well, living. Well, some of them might. Some, some you know, of them you might. You can have uh, ones with a COLA, just that uh, often they do not have that. But uh, some of them do, and those can be great. I mean, there's there's certain ones I've seen. Maybe you're a fireman or something, and mm-hmm. they negotiate really good pensions, and they have cost of living adjustments in them too, which is great, but there is no residual uh, investment account. So if you have a pension and it has this monthly payout, but you do have the opportunity to take a lump sum, is it advisable to take a lump sum or can taking a lump sum be better or worse than just having the monthly annuity? You can try and get me arrested, Jeff. I can't answer that. On <laughs> I was just testing you. Oh, okay, good. Uh, depends. And so that's some uh, that's an analysis that we do. Good answer. Uh, depends. Thank you. Uh, yeah, that's an analysis. It really does depend because sometimes I, I'll do the analysis and look at it and go, wow, they're paying you a really lousy return. Sometimes I look at it and go, man, I want one of these pensions. This thing is awesome. You know, the lump sum part's not worth nearly what the pension payout would be if you live in a normal life expectancy. We can't just look at and say uh, yes and no unless you answer one question, Jeff. Uh, as my client, you'd have to tell me the day you're going to die. <laughs> okay, so most of us don't know that, That's so I right. can't really, and what's your quality of life going to be during that time? Right. So that these are factors that we have to consider. So we're always careful here. The answer is always, it depends. It you got to come in and sit down and talk with me personally, and I'll uh, give you a straight talk, an honest answer about that. So let's talk about Social Security here a little bit, the differences and similarities between Social Security and pensions. Yeah, they have a lot of similarities actually, because Social Security, uh, like a pension, it pays you for your lifetime. You can't choose. Uh, they actually can have a survivor benefit because if you're the higher earner and you pass away, your spouse can take your amount and so they can get a bump on what they take. So like a pension, it could be uh, something goes on. There's no residual value. You can't take your money out. Uh, it does have some increases. So it does have cost of living adjustments not equal to the cost of living increases, uh, the actual ones, but it has some increase built into that. So there is a lot of similarities in Social Security 
and a typical pension. That's right. And Social Security appears to be in some sort of trouble at this point, but not to worry because Social Security is really not going anyplace, is it? No, probably not. I mean, they, they're going to have to make some adjustments to it, certainly for younger people. They're gonna, there's going to be adjustments coming out. But, you know, by the same token, not every pension <laughs> plan out there is foolproof. I would say that there is a very good chance that we're going to see in our lifetime, for instance, the state of Illinois, not be able to pay pensions to the workers from Chicago and the state of California may be in the same boat. They just don't have the numbers to support their promised pension payments. And I don't know where they're going to get that money. So we're talking about pensions. We've talked about Social Security, the similarities and differences. Let's talk about single premium immediate annuities. Yeah, if you have a lump sum of money, you can buy a SPIA, a single premium immediate annuity. Uh, Start getting monthly checks that next month. Most of these are flat checks for life, kind of like the pension, and they're for life. And so you can get some with a period certain. So let's say that, gee, what if I die prematurely? That that sucks. I'll get, you know, two checks. I get hit by a bus and that's it. I, I gave him half a million dollars and I got two checks? Well, you can get a time period put with it, maybe a a 10-year period certain, they would call it. And at least you get maybe 60% of your money back. Your your heirs do if you died right away after you bought it. But again, it's not an investment account. So none of these, the common theme here is they pay you for life and they end when you die and and they they don't have any... any uh, residual value. The pension means is because you work someplace for a long time and they're, they're going to put that money up. The Social Security from the government. The SPIA is something you bought. These are all very, very similar instruments. They just came from different sources. We're talking about the similarities and differences of pension, Social Security, single premium, immediate annuities. Uh, finally, Brian, let's talk about fixed index annuities. What are the similarities and differences about those? Okay, so the FIA's fixed index annuities have more differences than the other three. Like a SPIA, they're something you purchased yourself. You can purchase it with retirement plan money in an IRA or from a 401k rollover into an IRA, or you can purchase it with non-IRA money. So any any kind of money can go into a, a fixed indexed annuity. They tend to have a wait period to them. You have to wait at least a year before you can start taking payments. Often people wait more than that because they want a bigger bang for the buck. The longer you wait, the higher the payout. Just like anything, the ones that can pay out the most are the where you wait up to 10 years. So if you're 50, you know, early 50s, whatever, or uh, that kind of age group, that might fit just right. If you're 65 years old, I'm not going to put you into a 10-year wait uh, annuity for purposes of lifetime cash flow. Because I don't want to have to wait till you're in your mid-late 70s before you start getting that money. Uh, many of these... Uh, some of them have increases over time, like a cost of living adjustment uh, as to whatever their crediting method is. Many of them are flat. So they do have that similarity to pensions in that some of them do have increases though. But the big difference here is there is a cash value in there. You can take your money out. And if you die prematurely, this is the only one that's actually going to have maybe have a payout to your heirs. So it is an investment account. It has an underlying investment strategy behind it. It's not generally fixed to any one target index. It has some investment uh, vehicle chassis behind it. Once again, Brian, you know what? We're out of time for this week. Before we go, I'd like to thank everyone for listening to us today. The executive producer of Growing Your Wealth is John Capuano. Our director of program operations is the Cookie Monster, Greg Dennett. Our show is produced by the lovely, talented, and dangerous six-degree black belt, our Swedish princess, Stephanie Schoblum. Christy Parmenter is our associate producer, Laura McLaughlin. 
is our content supervisor. Josh Toy is our technical editor. And Surfer Boy Pete Gustin is our announcer. For Brian Evans, I'm Jeff Shade. Have a great Saturday, won't you? We'll talk to you again next week with another edition of Growing Your Wealth. The Madrona Bundles Services has become so popular that we started bundling everything. Hi, this is Brian Evans, founder of Madrona Financial Services, to tell you about the latest thing we bundled, our books. We're proud to announce the Complete Book of Retirement, which bundles together our guides on retirement investing, annuities, passive real estate investing, and even information for the high net worth investor into one convenient and informative book. You can get your free copy today by going to madronafinancial.com. And if you're looking for even more information on investing, you can sign up for Madrona University to continue your investor education. Of course, if you need more personalized help, you can always sign up for a complimentary review. We'll sit down to discuss your retirement plan and explain how the Madrona Bundle of Services provides you with everything you need to plan for retirement under one roof. Get started today by calling 844-MADRONA and don't forget to download your free copy of the complete book of retirement at madronafinancial.com. At Madrona Financial Services, we help people finance their retirement so they can spend their time living life instead of worrying about it. The fact of the matter is, your portfolio will likely need to last about 30 years or more and the sooner you do something about it, the better off you can be. So if you're not 100% sure that your plan is rock solid, Call us today at 844-MADRONA for a review. It's super easy. We'll ask you a bunch of questions to find out what's most important in your life and what makes you happy. Next, we'll review your current plan, and then our team will strategize on ways to make your portfolio, your tax strategy, your use of Social Security, and an estate plan better suited for you. At Madrona Financial Services, we want your retirement to be about living life, and we'll sweat the small stuff for you. Call us today for your free review at 844-MADRONA. That's 844-M-A-D-R-O-N-A. Or visit us at madronafinancial.com.